The following program is presented to you by the New York State School Boards Association. NISBA's President's Gavel Podcast is supported by the Harris Beach Educational Institution's team of attorneys. Harris Beach successfully represents more than 130 school districts and BOCES clients throughout New York State on matters involving school district operations, labor and employment matters, cybersecurity, and student issues. Learn more at www.harrisbeach.com. In January, Governor Cuomo outlined the proposed state budget, which calls for an overall increase of $2.1 billion in aid for school districts over the 2021 levels. However, this increase relies heavily on a one-time infusion of federal stimulus funds to backfill reductions in state aid, resulting in some school districts seeing no increase in funding at all. In addition, the budget proposal also assumes even more federal funding will be forthcoming risking additional state aid reductions if those funds do not materialize. Let's call this meeting to order. My name is Jamie McPherson, Deputy Director of Leadership Development at the New York State School Boards Association. And on this episode of the President's Gavel, we discuss the fiscal challenges ahead, what you need to know and ask during budget development. I'm joined today by Judith Kehoe. Chief Business and Financial Officer for the Bethlehem Central School District. Thank you, Judy, for joining me today. And thank you for having me, Jamie. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. I'm glad we got a chance here to work again. Uh, you know, I know that there's a glimmer of hope. It seems the Democrats are fast-tracking the $1.9 trillion in, uh, you know, potential aid, which is good news for school districts. But But let's look at this. In a normal budget year, the school board might be discussing program modifications and enhancements for the upcoming year. 21-22 is shaping up to be anything but a normal budget year. What are the areas that a board member should focus on in their budget deliberations and what type of questions should they be asking? Yeah, I think we're all getting used to years that aren't so normal as we're going into our uh, the end of the first full year of dealing with all of our COVID-related challenges. Certainly when it comes to creating the budget, the board's goal is to create a very responsible and balanced budget. So as part of that, that's going to involve making some choices. So the best way for board members to meet these financial challenges and to be able to make good choices with their deliberations is to really have a, a good understanding of their school district's specific situation and then start to engage in lengthy discussions with their superintendent and administrators about the practical alternatives that are available and then weigh the relative merits of each of those situations. So in a period of fiscal uncertainty, it might end up being a choice between essentially the lesser of evils. Almost anything that you do is going to have some kind of an impact on your program for students. But at least you'll have a well-reasoned approach to guide you through that process. So one of the things that you might want to consider as you're working through these options is some kind of a, a sensitivity analysis. So for instance, you might say to your business official and superintendent, 
Well, let's look at what the impacts are to our district if there is a range of state aid that comes to us. So the governor's budget was created with a floor of federal aid coming in. So what does it look like if the aid is at that floor and if we assume perhaps a 10% increase above that floor? So what does that mean in terms of available funding sources and therefore what are the resources then that we might have to reduce in order to right size those costs within those available resources? You might be in a situation where if you get more aid than was anticipated, there could be some high levels of unmet need within your program. I know there's been so much concern about students who have been in this remote only or hybrid remote setting for so long now that they might be falling behind in some of their academics. Certainly they're feeling squeezed out of opportunities for extracurricular activities and athletics. So the board might identify certain programs that they would want to fund if that option was available based on more federal aid coming in than was expected. So as to answering the question about what are the specific questions board members should be asking, you really want to have a good understanding of how healthy your fund balance is and what types of reserves do you have available that you might be able to tap into cover some of your normal budgetary costs that would otherwise then free up funding for these programs. In New York State, schools are limited to no more than 4% within their unrestricted fund balance. So if you're at 4%, that gives you some more flexibility as you're going forward and building your budget and looking at possible shortfalls in aid. But if you are down around half a percent or 1%, that's not a very strong financial position. And that's going to mean that you might want to be making even more conservative assumptions as you're building your budget. Board members might also want to ask what are the external factors that might be affecting their district. So for instance, are there challenges within your tax base in the community where you might have shrinking values due to uh, an exodus of certain large corporate tax base uh, members um, on the assessment rolls? Or are you in a good shape where generally your assessment values are steady or perhaps even increasing. So that lets you know what flexibility you might have when you're considering what kind of a tax levy you will include in your ultimate budget. You also will want to ask how your enrollment levels are trending because there are ramifications in your program, whether they're increasing or decreasing to any great extent. You will want to ask if there are any fiscal implications embedded within your collective bargaining agreements. So based on you know, each year being a new year with your contracts, you could have things in there that either trigger a bump up in your costs or 
that might cause a reduction in some of your costs. So those are key things that you would want to be aware of as well. There could be cost pressures that you are facing in other areas of the program that are more difficult to control or sometimes beyond your control. Typically boards might see these in areas of um, special education services as the needs of students change, as their placements change, there could be some significant cost impacts, either higher or lower, depending on what that looks like. So you would want to ask your director of special ed what that looks like for your district in particular. You also might be facing some recruiting or staffing challenges that negatively impact some of your programs. You could have um, pressures um, finding qualified teachers these days, uh, especially for some subjects. You might be dealing with um, difficulties finding bus drivers. So what does that mean to your program and is that something that might trigger additional costs for your district? And as we had touched on earlier, are there additional supports that you would want to provide for your students? And if so, what are they and how much would they cost um, as you start to plan for returning to regular instruction? So again, that's just the, the short list of some of the questions that you would want to be familiar with and would want to discuss at your district. So those are a lot of great points, and I couldn't agree with you more that board members really should be leaning on their business official in their generation of looking at different scenarios as it plays out when it comes to funding, and school board members really should be intimately involved in those discussions around what are our educational goals, what are our priorities, and then how do we align the budget to those priorities, but in the same degree, we ought to be really respectful and cognizant of the fact that our communities are reeling over this financial crisis and that we can't just use a short-term fix of using all our reserves and using up all of our fund balance because this is going to be a multi-year problem and, and we know that and knowing that schools are primarily funded by property taxes and state aid once we know the maximum allowable tax levy can we then rely on the state aid estimates included with the governor's aid runs how can the district be nimble in their planning? And how involved should board members be in this process, Judy? Oh, Jamie, that question comes up every year on the state aid runs. And my short answer is you cannot rely on the totals that are on those state, run, state aid runs as being the absolute amount that you're going to get. And this year, it was particularly complex there were all sorts of changes and reclassifications on the aid runs that appeared to be somewhat convoluted. Um, so for instance, the STAR aid, which is not really district aid, that's something that is a state program that was intended to provide relief to taxpayers, knowing that because of how schools were funded, school taxes were higher than other taxing jurisdictions. So that program was created 
Now, of course, fast forward to the last few years when we've been in a tax cap environment where we are calculating that maximum allowable tax levy, there are breaks, there are limitations on how much districts can tax without requiring a supermajority at the school elections in May. So um, that, when we went through and analyzed the federal aid covering the state aid, and then when we looked at the reductions in the services aid category, which is essentially a rolling up of all of the various um, expense-based reimbursement aids for things like transportation and BOCES aid um, and a number of others, the net change for our district and probably for about 70% of districts throughout the state was zero. So that in and of itself in these times of economic uncertainty wasn't a horrible result. And in fact, I think districts are fortunate if we weren't seeing major reductions. So each district situation with state aid is going to be unique to them. So I think board members need to have a long discussion as part of their budget deliberations so that you can sort out what it means. So the federal aid might not be bringing you more money. However, you might be facing reductions in those expense-based aids. And this could also be driven by some unique things from operating in a COVID environment. So some districts are seeing greatly increased costs because of pandemic operations. And for expense-based aids, that might be offset by higher state aid in the coming year's budget. But in other cases, you might have spent less. So for instance, transportation, if you're fully remote and you therefore didn't need to spend as much on transporting students, uh, many districts weren't able to run their athletic programs, so they didn't incur those costs for transporting students to the different meets. If you spend less on transportation in a current year, that means you get less aid in a subsequent year. So you could be dealing with some timing differences that harm you in the subsequent year if those expense-based aids are reducing. You also might have some fluctuations in your building aid that are unique to your district relative to prior and current capital projects that you might be working on. So it is complex and the good news is board members don't have to be an expert on state aid, don't have to know how to figure these things out. To your point, they need to be able to rely on and lean upon their business officials to do these analyses and to explain it to board members. But there absolutely will be impacts both in this coming year and potentially in the out years. So I think the best role for board members is to really understand what those changes mean for their districts and to understand what the risks are to the coming year or two as it relates to these changes. And then also to be better prepared to advocate with their state representatives 
what we've heard from our state representatives in the past is that what's really meaningful for them is when they can hear directly from school board members what the changes in aid mean to their programs. So when they're able to put a face on the situations that are created from these budget changes, it really becomes an effective way to help inform and hopefully drive some positive changes for school districts operations and for funding. Absolutely. And, and you know, we said this in the beginning that, you know, the executive budget proposal, this is based on the assumption that we're going to get about $6 billion in yet to be approved funding from the federal government. If that doesn't materialize, obviously that's going to impact state aid. And we're hoping that we're going to get more money, which is going to be a positive for school districts. But, you know, let's face the reality here. This is a one-time infusion and it's going to allow school districts to meet their short-term costs. However, we're sort of hanging on this financial cliff, so to speak, and that, you know, in normal times, it would be fairly easy for your business official to use a multi-year projection and that, you know, obviously that's a best practice, but how realistic is it now for schools to create this projection when there's so much uncertainty about the economy and that state aid will ultimately flow to the district. How can a business official keep the board informed and updating on these shifting multi-year projections, Judy? Well, and, and they are projections. It really is the crystal ball of what is going to happen in the future. And even though you might feel it's this uh, futile effort, Given all of this uncertainty, you might feel like, hey, I can create this projection, but it's really not worth the paper it's printed on because we really don't know what the future holds as it relates to state aid. I would encourage districts to continue to do this multi-year planning. Even if you take a more conservative approach and you assume perhaps that you will have shortfalls in aid, you need to anticipate what that's going to mean to your district. So that view really will help you take into account or identify if there's anything else on the horizon besides changes in state aid. From a taxpayer's perspective, and certainly I think from a board member's perspective, you want to try to get to a place of fiscally strong and fiscally stable operations. So you want to know what's coming down the pike and many of the things that we factor into our budgetary planning, you can anticipate into the future. In the case where you have um, multi-year collective bargaining agreements in place, given that salaries and benefits comprise close to 70 or 75% of your budget, you really can project those numbers with a good degree of accuracy. You're going to know what your debt service and capital expenditures look like. So you'll know generally what your cost needs are going to be. And if you look at prior trends and you use those as somewhat indicative of what you might see going forward, you can get a pre pretty realistic number on the expenditure side. So from there, you can look at what are your revenues. You might want to assume, for instance, 
while you don't know what your maximum allowable tax levy is going to be in any given year, for argument's sake, for this projection, you might go with 2%. You might assume that um, your state aid is going to be flat, or you might want to run a few different scenarios where it, in fact, decreases a certain percentage every year. When you look at what those projected expenditures and revenues show, you'll have a much better idea of how much effort it's going to take to keep you in a balanced budget position in those out years. Um, pilot agreements is another thing that you should be looking at as well. So if you have those, you really need to be aware of what they are. Pilot agreements typically have a short duration of, well, I shouldn't say a short duration. They have a fixed duration. You could be looking at anywhere from 10 to maybe 20 years. So if you have a significant pilot that's about to end or a significant pilot that's about to start, you do want to be factoring that into these projections as well. So your conversation with your business official will be what is out there on the horizon that we need to keep in mind as we are planning and making these decisions going forward. The other reason why you should be doing these projections is this is a best practice, both financially and operationally. And as a local government, we're in this for the long term. We're going to be providing educational services for a few hundred years or more into the future as well. So we want to make sure that we're always looking at the longer term viability of our schools because we're going to be here educating students, hopefully, for generations to come. And I couldn't agree with you more. You know, this is a fiscal challenge that's going to be around for, you know, many years to come. So it makes sense to have a multi-year sort of projection and to begin to build strategies of how can we tackle these year after year? How can we stay, you know, quote unquote, solvent, not burning up through our funds and, and th th through our reserves and our fund balance? Well, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank our guest, Judith Kehoe, Chief Business and financial officer for the Bethlehem Central School District for speaking with me today. Thank you so much, Judy. And always a pleasure, Jamie. Great to connect with you on these very important topics. I would also like to thank my NISBA colleagues working behind the scenes, making it possible to bring you this podcast. Thank you, Megan DeGenero, Al Marlin, and Alyssa Maiello. My name is Jamie McPherson, Deputy Director of Leadership Development at the New York State School Boards Association, and this has been a production of the President's Gavel. And this meeting is now adjourned. <laughs>